please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Thank you. everybody gets along and i think that's what the whole idea of peace is like people have this idea that peace means we're all going to frolic in the prairie together and we're going to get along and when we fight we're going to be passive aggressive and say i'm going to get along with you when really that's not the idea of what peace is well not to native people that's not peace Yes, that was scary to me, someone who doesn't have kids. Ah, how do you deal with a little life that barely knows how to be a life? Anyway, this is part two of a three-part series with Gracie Horn. It makes it sound very impressive when I say three-part series. It's just one interview chopped into two with a small supplementary piece. In this interview, we talk about, or she tells me about how death has changed in Dakota culture because of some unnatural deaths such as diabetes, um, suicide, alcoholism, uh, some sad stuff. But she tells a very funny story about growing up and going to funerals as a kid before she knew what death was. (laughs) So it's uh, some tough topics, but she talks about them in a, not a fun way, but it's it's cool. Um, so, uh, here's the episode. I just ask you one more thing and then we can talk about if you want to do a eulogy or not. Okay. Um, but you said that, um, you don't talk to the kids about death until they're like 12. Yeah. Um, what's that about? Well, it's that I'm not entirely sure why, it's just the things that we do is like um, they're not supposed to know about it um, or be a part of it until then, until they're ready. And um, but that is that teaching's gone. Most if you go to a wake or a funeral today, though, there will be children and kids there because we don't have that the village takes care of the children system anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to take care of each other's children. And if somebody needed to go, then they would like watch each other's kids. Now it's not that way. Like you're seldom, if you can find somebody that would do that. And so people don't have any other choice, but to bring their kids. And so they will go. But, um, I, I, I guess when I was younger, um, I was exposed to death maybe at five years old. Um, my grandmother was a product of boarding school. She was um, put into boarding school when she was very young, and she was um, Christianized. And so she was very, very much a church lady. And so there's some some teachings that they used to have, and some teachings they weren't, you know, lucky to be born with or be be raised as. And so my grandmother um, didn't know that teaching not to do that. And so when I was young, I had never been to a funeral. I didn't know what death was. 
And um, I used to stay with her during the summers, and so she would take me to church with her. But our church was different um, because they were all in the Dakota language. And so because I wasn't fluent in Dakota language, my grandmother was, like the Bible was all in Dakota. So I didn't know what they were saying. They would have like church services all in Dakota. And so um, I guess I didn't understand completely what was going on. Oh. And so... Um, that summer, uh, for some reason, there was just a lot of deaths. And my grandmother was taking us to every single wake and funeral. And I remember being at a funeral, and it was for this man that died of AIDS. And, um, and I was seeing all these pictures of him, of like him being happy, and, and in all these photo albums. And I was just like sad because, well, Dying of AIDS is very traumatic in the first place because your body is like they're not themselves anymore. He was super thin. And so um, and so when I seen all these pictures of him being happy and him having weight on him, I was just like, oh, my God, this person, he died. Like, we're never going to see him again. And my Kushi tells me that she's like for when she goes so she's gonna die and i just remember crying and and like my aunts they're all like consoling me and i didn't even know this person i was like crying the hardest out of everybody (laughs) and so then that was a really traumatic day and so then the next day where do we go to another funeral and so for some reason my kushi just thought it was okay to bring me to to continue bringing me to these funerals and it got to this point where I just, the last funeral I went to with her, um, it was a home funeral. And so they had the the casket inside the living room. And I just remember being like dreading it. She like got me ready and we w- were walking into this person's house and I saw everybody in there sad and they were all around this body. And I was just like, I can't take it anymore. I was like five. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I do not want to go in there. And so we went in there and I was like, I just start getting really dizzy. And I asked my Kushi if I could go out to her car to get some air. And so she, she gave me the keys. And so I, re- I don't even remember walking to her car, but I do remember opening up the car door and then fainting right, like right at the seat. Like I didn't even make it into the car. And so then I remember my my Kushi waking me up and she's like, what's wrong with you? And like, what are you doing? And and so she took me to the hospital and um, the doctor was there. It was this Asian man and he was, you know, asking me all these questions and I was just like answering them. And it was kind of the first time I ever heard my Kushi swear to. um, Um. it was the first time I'd ever heard my Kushi swear to because the the doctor was asking me all these questions and he said, when was your last bowel movement? And I didn't know what bowel movement meant. And I just was like, I don't know what that is. And she was like, when did you last shit? When did you last shit? And it was like the first time I had ever, I had ever heard her swear before. And I was more stunned of her cussing than anything else. And so the doctor was like, um, I'm named after my grandmother, Grace. And so 
the doctor was like, you know, Grace, you got to stop taking her to funerals because I asked her what she's been up to and what's different. And she told me funerals that you've been going to a lot of funerals. And I think she fainted because she's tired of going to funerals. So you need to not take her to funerals anymore. Um, and I, and I feel like, I guess growing up being, um, Dakota, I feel like it's not every day where you go to somebody's funeral and they died of AIDS, or it's not every day that you go to somebody's funeral and they died of suicide or they died of these horrible things, you know, and, uh, or of like their their mental anguish you know and they didn't get the help that they needed and so I feel like it's always been this sad you know traumatic stories and because we're so inclined to have diabetes or these different like we're just fragile creatures I guess things happen and we have experienced death at more of a drastic rate like in high, uh, like the other thing is like when somebody dies, if they're close to you, you're supposed to cut your hair. And so traditionally, we all have long hair. And when you cut your hair, you're cutting, you're giving them your memories that you grew with them. That's why both men and women have long hair. It's a power. It, hair is a symbol of strength, and but it's also the. It's like tell. It's like how many years you've lived and what stories and memories you have with the people around you. And so when you die, that's like the most sacrificial, sacred part that you can give to somebody is your hair. And so I've cut my hair at least three, four times now, which is unusual because, you know, I just all the other white kids be like, oh, my grandpa died. And then they wouldn't experience any other forms of death. You know, it would just be like, that's it. Until their mother or father die. You know, that's like a gradual rate of feeling death. Whereas I've gone to countless funerals because, you know, my younger brother um, that I grew up, like he was my kid brother, he passed away. Um, like right before I graduated from college. And then my oldest sister, she passed away and both of them were traumatic deaths. Um, my other cousin who I was raised as a sister, a sibling to, she died when I was like 23. And my Kushi, which that was a natural death because she died of old age. She passed away when I was 14. And so I feel like, um, like, it's different to be Indian. It's different to be a native person because we just have death is a big thing now. It's not that you only experience one or two deaths in your life. It's like countless deaths we've experienced. Like I've been to, I've used to organize um, youth peace runs where we would run um, to running is another thing that we do it's like a relay race to go from one part to another part and it was all you know to raise awareness of something and so we were raising awareness for peace and this is when the war in Iraq and um all the youth that I worked that I you that I recruited and I worked with like a couple of them have died 
like at least three of them, you know, and then the elders that I used to work with as well and community organizing, they have died. So I feel like it's different, you know, like it's more as, I don't know, and this might be maybe ignorant on my part, but I feel like, like, for example, how many times have you gone to a funeral? Probably four. Yeah. Four. You know, only maybe, only two important funerals. Yeah. And so for me, I go to at least one or two funerals a year and both of them are family members. And so it's like becomes this monotonous thing of like, oh, this poor tragic person died of this. I rarely go to funerals where they're of like an, like an elder in our community um, that passed away of old age. I, it's more or less suicide, you know, and it's youth that I've worked with and that I've seen struggle in life. And so I feel like it's different. It's more of like an extreme. Um, and so I think that's probably why I have such this um, fear for death, but there's also this duality of it where I think about all the stuff that I've done in my life and I think about all the good things that I've been so happy to experience in my life. I was very, very much fortunate to have parents that traveled internationally and, and because of their travels, they brought me um, with them. And so I was fortunate to see all these different cultures and experience many many things with them and through the lens of other people and so um i think that's what's grounding to me mm -hmm. is to appreciate all the stuff that i'm fortunate that many not many other people can experience in their life We're always going to come across people that we don't necessarily, not everybody gets along. And I think that's what the whole, whole idea of peace is. Like people have this idea that peace means we're all going to frolic in the prairie together and we're going to get along. And when we fight, we're going to be passive aggressive and say, I'm going to get along with you when really that's not the idea of what peace is. Well, not two native people. That's not peace. And so I guess I feel like I ultimately have that control of my outlook on life. I have a control on how I deal with people and I have the control on if I'm going to get in the next contract for a job. I feel like I'm the person that controls how my life is going to be. And yeah, there's death that happens and it's unexpected. But the way in which I deal with it is um, solely up to me. You can be a tragic person and cry and be lost to this person that died. Or you can celebrate who they were in life and honor them with, uh, with like doing things um, to remember them and um, doing things to, like, for example, my older brother, not my older brother, my younger brother that passed away. You know, I 
loved him he was like the person that I did everything with like experienced everything with he was my number one protector against any other boys and so for me like I honor him with he always liked to experience things in life he was always the adventurer and because I'm such a hermit crab I that's how I push myself every day is like I'm gonna do something that is unexpected today I'm going to go outside or I'm going to go on a trip this summer. Like I push myself to do those things to honor him because in this dimension and in this life, he can't do that anymore. Whereas I'm his sister and I remember the things that he did. And I remember the things that he loved to do and loved to eat. And, and so that's how I remember him. And so I guess that's like we can most of us live in poverty because um, there's only 1% of wealthy people in this world, and well, especially in the United States. And I feel like bad people do bad things because they're stingy or they want to be wealthy. So we look at celebrity life, and we want to be that, right? Whereas, like, for me, it's like I know what that life is. I know, like, how lonely it is to post stuff on instagram and be by yourself and mm -hmm. to be this you know this show person where that's all you're doing is performing i know how it must be to be the president you know and how much you're hated or a leader how much you're hated um to be beautiful like to, you, to be a supermodel to one day have jobs because of your looks and then the next day it'd be different because you're older and so i guess for me it's like I liked simplicity and and I like to just appreciate the things I have rather than look at the things I don't have. conclusions that'd be a good yeah. idea wouldn't it in conclusion <laughs> in conclusion in conclusion recycle <laughs> i just talked to a recycle a zero trash lady on tuesday really yeah yeah that's great and i mean appreciate your life appreciate the things you do have and stop being materialistic i think that would be a good conclusion is stop being materialistic about things that are, are never going to decompose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been your eulogy. Uh, my name is Matthew Schneeman. I did the music and edited um, this episode. If you have any questions or complaints, you can contact me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again to Gracie and uh, Paha for chiming in. Making this <laughs> very... Um, uh, pl placing you in in time and um, location with their ambiance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'll see you next week. Great. I didn't even get into the joys of birth. That is that is a big life changer. Yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't because because um, you don't know if you're gonna die or not, especially if you're gonna do it the old natural way. <laughs>
was part two of the Gracie Horn interview. Please leave me an email. Send me an email. Tell me what tagline I should have to end these episodes with. I have no idea. That's all I got. Signing off. See you later. Adios. What the hell am I supposed to say? Thank you.